0: Moment. Hello and welcome to a very special bonus episode of the Kaiju Groupie Podcast. I am your host, Michael, and today I'm going to be joined by Matt Parmley and Patrick Galvin, organizers for the upcoming Kaiju Masterclass online event held on October the 2nd through the 4th. And guys, I am super excited about this one. I truly believe that Kaiju Masterclass is going to be the premier event for any Kaiju and Tokusatsu fan, period. I am... Really looking forward to you guys hearing this conversation. It was fantastic having these guys on. But before we get into all that, I do want to do a little bit of housekeeping and say that if you want to support this show, the best way to do that is leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And what that's going to do is that's going to put this program in front of other kaiju and tokusatsu fans just like you criticize me all you want in the comments but make sure you make it five stars worth and i promise i will read your comments on a future episode you can also send your feedback to kaijugrubypod at gmail.com so without further ado let's head into the conversation with matt parmley and patrick galvin Fellas, thank you so much for joining me. It's a pleasure to have you for this bonus episode of my podcast. Uh,
1: no, thanks for having us. The pleasure is uh, definitely all ours, and I appreciate you making time for for us out of your busy schedule.
0: Yeah,
2: likewise. Thank you for having us on.
0: Oh, absolutely, fellas. I uh, Well, first of all, thank you, Matt, for randomly messaging me the other night and saying, hey, you want to talk about Kaiju Masterclass with us? I said, sure. Uh but no, it sounds like a lot of fun. I have been super interested in this event for a very long time. So yeah, getting to, getting to kind of meet the guys behind it is going to be a lot of fun. So um, before we get started, I want you fellas to take a few minutes to tell the listeners who are not quite familiar with who you are, uh, just basically who you are and about the work you do. So we're going to start with Matt. Matt, uh, kick us off.
1: Yeah, so I am Matt Parmley. Uh, I am co-host of the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Uh, My co-host is Kyle Bird. Unfortunately, Bird cannot make it tonight, so I'm trying to to hold the ship down. Um, But we have presented panels at G-Fest. We've done a lot of really cool interviews. We've interviewed Tom Kitagawa, a suit actor for the Godzilla Millennium series. Uh, Mizuho Yoshida, a a suit actor for GMK, among uh, also Legion in Gamera 2. But we done some really cool interviews, and um, when Steve approached Kyle and I about being part of the Masterclass, we readily accepted, and we've been working on this for several months and really looking forward to just talking about it tonight.
0: Interesting. Interesting, Matt. Uh, I love the work that you and Kyle do on Kaiju Transmissions, and if you don't mind me saying this, um, I really view you guys as the next kaiju cast at least in that upper echelon of kaiju podcast you know in the wake of kaiju cast ending there was there was some big shoes to fill and i really have enjoyed uh the content you guys have been able to put out since then.
1: I really appreciate that. And you know what we we do owe a lot to Kyle Yount. He uh when we first started our show we reached out to him and he's been he's had us on his show a couple times. We've had him on our show a couple times and he's been someone sure. who uh, was able to just kind of give us some wisdom and guidance and Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that that means a lot and I appreciate that compliment.
0: Yeah, man, that's absolutely, absolutely. And it's not just, it's not just in the content realm either. It's, it's how involved you guys have become in the community, uh, with different events and, and different things that you've had going on. I, you know, with, uh, Kaiju quarantine and some other things that we've all been able to participate, uh, with each other in. And yeah, it's been a real pleasure to get to know you guys through your show. Um. But we've also got another organizer for this fantastic event, Patrick Galvin. So, Patrick, you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the work you do?
2: Sure. Uh, My name is Patrick Galvin. I am something of a film journalist uh, who specializes in uh, Japanese cinema, namely Japanese science fiction. Um, Mm -hmm. I've written for a number of websites, including, and most prominently, I'd say, uh, Sci-Fi Wire, which is the um, the official news site for the Sci-Fi Channel. And I've also written a lot of articles for uh, TohoKingdom.com, which I think is still, I think it's I think it's still pretty well known amongst you know Kai, amongst kaiju fans. Um, for sure. Um, yeah, I've I've written extensively about you know the films, uh, the people who make the films. I've done a handful of interviews over the years, mostly with genre historians, although also with some people who have some association with the uh, the artists behind it, like uh, mm. Yamato Reiko, who um, was a student of Akari Fukube. I interviewed her earlier this year um but yeah i'm just a, a big fan of japanese cinema especially japanese films of the um, of the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and you know and the golden era of kaiju ega is right smack dab in the middle of that golden era so so it's always it's always been a, a big interest of mine um, and i just love the genre and i love writing about it and i'm just you know and I, I love sharing ideas about the about the um the genre and that's why i'm especially um thankful and grateful to be part of the kaiju masterclass organizational team not only for the opportunity to talk about these films, but also to be involved with such a stellar group of uh, fellow organizers you know uh, you know Kyle Bird and Matt Parley, their podcast Kaiju Transmissions is by far my favorite of the Kaiju podcasts out there. And, you know and, and Steve rifle him and Ed, him and uh, Ed gotchachesky uh, they were the guys who more than anybody else um, shaped my personal outlook in terms of how I view the genre and how I think about it and write about it. so to work with people like with people like them and Eric Hominick and John DeSantis, you know, I am just more, you know, more than uh, grateful to be involved in this, uh,
0: this endeavor. For sure. For sure. Now, uh, Patrick, I have not had the pleasure of talking with you before. So this is the first time I've been able to interact with you. And, you know, the whole, the whole purpose behind my show is to have conversations with other fans and people within this, uh, within this genre. So if you don't mind asking, uh, you know, if you don't mind me asking you, how did you kind of get involved with uh, kaiju, tokusatsu, and just this fandom in general? Ah, uh, well, I kind of have a unique
2: standing in that I did not really get into Godzilla until a little later in my childhood than most people. Um, I did not grow up um watching the films on VHS like a lot of people do. Um, mm-hmm. and believe it or not, you know, and this may this may make me sound kind of blasphemous, or or maybe <laughs> that's not the word, but the very first film I ever saw that was called Godzilla was the TriStar Godzilla.
0: You know, oh wow! Okay. Up
2: to up to that point in my life, I I'd heard the name Godzilla, but I, I'd assumed that it was kind of like you know the boogeyman. It was like a, a generic pop culture name that had no like you know, um, sure. um, trademarked um, property to it. And so when I saw the TriStar Godzilla, I assumed they just they just took that generic name and made a movie out of it. Mm. And it wasn't until two years later, when Godzilla two thousand came out, my parents and myself all mis- mis- uh, mistook it as a sequel for the TriStar Godzilla. And so we all went to go see it, assuming that we were going to see Matthew Broderick and Hank Azaria fight the monster all over again. And yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't until I got into the theater and it started playing that I realized that there this was a Japanese film. And it wasn't. And and so I saw Godzilla 2000. That was my first proper Godzilla film, I guess. Guess you could say. Okay. And then later on in that same year, uh, the Sci Fi Channel. Uh, had a double feature of Godzilla versus King Ghidorah and Godzilla versus Mothra '92, and that was the uh, the turning point where I realized, hey, there's not only one Japanese Godzilla film; there is a whole franchise of Japanese Godzilla films that predate the Matthew Broderick film that I saw a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. that's that's why I really became just. And I I, lo- I loved Godzilla '2000. I loved Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. I was even fond of Mothra '92 back then. And so I was um, at that point just you know. Eagerly grabbing for every uh, Godzilla film I could get my hands on, and of course, inevitably you find out that there were there's more than two uh, Japanese science fiction than just you know Godzilla movies. There's Gamera, there's other films made by Ishiro Honda and Jun Fukuda, etc. and so forth. And you no, know, and just one thing led to another, and it's just remained a, a passion of mine ever since.
0: So, Patrick, would it be safe to would it be safe to ask that you? I mean, you have some nostalgia for this genre, but you don't have maybe as uh, the amount of the, the amount of nostalgia that a lot of us have for for these films
2: that's probably fair to say because uh, again i didn't see a godzilla my own my first true godzilla film until godzilla 2000 you know came out in the theaters um so i didn't i didn't have like you know volumes of vhs tapes i didn't have very many godzilla toys uh growing up actually here's a here's, i'll tell you this much you know godzilla versus the sea monster First time I saw that film was when the DVD came out in two
0: thousand five or six. Oh wow! <laughs> so, okay. So a
2: lot of people. <laughs> so I didn't. So I didn't see that film on MST three K or in the, the or uh, on a on a VHS tape or whatever. So my first time seeing that film was in its Japanese language version on DVD when it came out in like the mid 2000s So, <laughs> so yeah, I, th- I think to an extent, you know, while Godzilla was certainly a part of my adolescence and. Uh, late childhood, I guess you could say. Um, it, I don't. It's. I definitely don't have as deep and uh, far back of a nostalgic attachment to it as other people do. But it's. It's definitely something that, that I still love and cherish this very day. And I'm. I'm pushing thirty, so it definitely did something right for me.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I. It's. It's interesting. To, it, it's interesting for me when I get to talk with folks that don't have uh, the deep nostalgia for this genre. Like a lot of us do now. I admittedly nostalgia, uh, does cloud my vision somewhat because I do have that deep, deep nostalgia. I have those sea of, uh, uh, VHS tapes and original DVD releases in my closet somewhere. But like I said, it's really interesting when I get to talk with someone who does not have that, Mm -hmm. uh, because that just tells me that there are there's something to these films that still intrigues people to this day. That you don't have to have grown up with them to really appreciate them. Yeah, for sure. So, Matt, I want to start with you. How did you get involved with Kaiju Masterclass?
1: So, <clears throat> I think the easiest thing that the way to answer that would be. Kaiju Masterclass kind of started this weird genesis way back in, in April-ish. Um, so Monstrosities came out with this video, and it got posted to some one of our mutual friends, uh, Tom Guelli, uh, somebody who's been on our podcast a bunch of times, but it got posted to his Facebook page, and then a bunch of P- us were commenting, and then kind of a genesis out of that came with this idea of, like, why don't we just do our own thing since COVID's killing all the different conventions? And at first we kind of all laughed about it, and then Steve Rifle kind of took it upon himself along with really Eric Homnick um, who they, they really thought, hey, we actually can do this. Let's just kind of put our minds together.
0: And then from there, they,
1: they started recruiting different people. Like they reached out to Kyle Bird first and they reached out to Patrick and they reached out to John and myself. And then we have Kyle Gilmore who does all of our graphics and videos and stuff. Um, sure. And from there, we just kind of started saying, well, what kind of guests can we get who do we think we can reliably contact, and what's our ideas for panels, and 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 those kinds of things? And so, probably it really started picking up steam only a, a couple months ago, um, because it's hard to like. This is our first time doing anything like this, right? And sure. there's so much work that goes into this. There's so much stuff logistically. Also, we're communicating with guests across the ocean, you know what I mean? Like, you have to have a translator, you have to have their video has to, their video connection, internet connection has to be reliable. There's so many different things that go into it. So trying to work through all that and scheduling, like, it's been a, a lot of work, but I'm really happy to say, like, this past two and a half weeks has been a blur with all the guests that we've been able to land. And, like, very proud of the team, very proud that we are all work really well together. And I'm just thankful that Steve and Eric, like, included me and Bird, honestly. Like, I'm just really thrilled to be a part of it.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, in the age of COVID, I mean, there has been, because that was one of the things that we were all curious about. After um, It was specifically after G-Fest was officially canceled. We were curious what the replacement was going to be. And so it's really, it's fantastic to see, you know, different events like this pop up uh it, as a as a supplement or as a sort of a pseudo replacement to that so there's still there's still something for fans to engage in um patrick how did how did you get involved with this project uh
2: well uh i think it was like you know like maybe two or three days after that facebook thread that matt mentioned that um uh kyle bird uh, contacted me and said hey you know steve is putting toge- steve and erica putting together um an idea for a online Godzilla convention and they, and mm. we all want you to be part of it. And, you know, I admire Steve, you know, tremendously, as I mentioned. Um, sure. And I'm very good friends with Eric. So my, my immediate reaction was, what are you kidding me? Of course, of course, of course, of course I'd be happy to be involved in this kind of thing. Um, right. But that, that was just basically it. And, you know, they just, uh, they, they, just, they started seriously talking about the idea of doing an online Godzilla convention and they were just, you know, um, kind enough to think of me to, uh, be an organizer. And that's, that's really all there is to it.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, so now you've mentioned some of the other, uh, you've mentioned some of the other folks that are involved with this, like Steve rifle and, and some others. So, and I, unfortunately, a, a lot of the guys that uh, could not make it for this conversation. So who all else is involved, uh, with Kaiju masterclass? <laughs>
1: so yes, of course, Steve Rifle, who wrote the year Honda biography. Most people are probably familiar with, with his work. Um, sure. And you have Eric Homneck, who... Um, he is the official Kira Fukube biographer. He runs a org. He, mm-hmm. um, he actually has done a ton of work with the family and, and has basically their blessing <laughs> to write the stuff that he writes on the website. Yeah,
0: it's a fantastic resource.
1: Yeah, it really is. John DeSantis, who... Um, he has scored movies like Conduit. Um, of course, he also like as far as Godzilla fans go, he is the one that conducted the concerts that were at G-Fest. So right. Kaiju, Crescendo, Kresen- yeah. etc. Um, and then you have Bird, which is my co-host for Kaiju Transmissions, which Bird has actually done some pretty cool stuff. He used to write for Sci-Fi Japan, and he's wrote for the last film's uh, fanzine, which is John LeMay's um, little fanzine that he puts out. And He has some essays out in... Uh, Kong Unmade, which is a, a John Lemay book, and then Kyle Gilmore, um, who is handling like all of our graphics, and he's on the video that we put out there. Um, he's produced some things like Dinosauria, which is a, a children's program. Um, he has done. He actually wrote and directed a, a little short thriller called Unrest. So he has some some hand in there, and so we we have a really strong team, and all of us. Um, Honestly, like we, we know each other pretty well at this point and like it's it's been just a very exciting and um, fun experience a lot of a lot of these conventions can be really stressful behind the scenes if you've ever had any sort of like insight into conventions the people that work behind them there's a lot that goes into it there's a lot of stress but we've done a really good job of just rolling with the punches figuring stuff out on the fly and I'm just honestly really proud of the work we've done
0: mm-hmm yeah for sure for sure now it's it, it really matters a whole lot when you have a really solid team behind you when you're especially when you're trying to put together uh an event of this level because like i like i just said you know you know there is a certain level of expectation with a with with a with a conference with, and it's and, and we're in this sort of this weird territory now where everything is now online so what does a um what does a Kaiju con need to look like to be both you know to be interesting engaging and just enjoyable for for the fans um, so during all this process fellas what um, what was what's the, what, is the, what is the what is the guest because you've got a number of guests here already listed on the website what is the what is the guest that you guys are most excited? For, for you to have on this to have with Kaiju Masterclass,
1: I mean, I, I really think the headliner guests, which would be Shusuke Kaneko, mm. right. Shinji Higuchi, you know Shinichi Wakasa, like those are those are, and of course David Arnold who scored the the '98 Godzilla film, as well as oh, Bond movies. Um, those are kind of the ones that I'm really looking forward to. But I'm I'm going to pivot and actually say that two guests that I'm really interested in. Are Norman England and um, Brad Warner, and so both of them have experience working overseas. N- Norm was actually on set of several Godzilla films. He basically ran the. I don't know if you remember. Um, Shusuke Kaneko had a website that was documenting some of the stuff that was happening on the set of GMK. That was all. All the pictures and stuff was were, were put up there by by Norman England, and he has worked on the set. Worked on the set, but he's documented set production. Of these films for several years. And Brad Warner worked at Subaraya for like 15 years. And so he's got a lot of background just working at Tsuburaya Productions. He's got a lot of really great stories. If you've ever heard his interviews, they're both really engaging and pretty funny. He tells some wild stuff that happened at Tsuburaya. So, like, I'm really looking forward to them. And, of course, um, Allison Adams, daughter of Nick Adams. Nick Adams is, he plays, of course, astronaut Glenn. Uh, in sure. Monster Zero, my, and that's that's my favorite Godzilla film, so I have a really vested interest in that. And, Of course, Pat Saperstein, uh, daughter of Henry Saperstein, who had numerous collaborations with Toho, so we're just have a really stellar panel uh, list and, and guest list, and I'm just excited that we've been able to have. Like, it, it's really weird to think that most of the people that we've aimed to get to to actually be part of this have said yes, mm-hmm. and like, it's I'm just I don't know. I'm kind of out of words to be able to put that into context, like every person that we said, okay, we think we have contacts for this person. And then they all came back and said they wanted to be a part of it. And I think that speaks volumes to um, what this community means and the fact that like so many cool people want to actually be involved with the fans. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah. There's a market, there's still a market and a passion for it, right? Uh, That's because I was going through the guest list here uh, a few minutes ago, and I'm just sort of blown away by um, by by the quality not just not just the quantity but the quality of guests that you guys have been able uh to get to participate in this man uh of course you know I love John Lemay's work i, I love you know kaneko's work of course uh probably I'm very partial to uh, Bob Eggleton because I enjoy I, I love all his artwork that he's ever produced with for like kaiju and and Godzilla themed artwork like his uh I his books the the random house books that came out in the 90s I love those the artwork is is stellar on those and so I'm excited to hear sort of I'm here I'm excited to hear from him you know as sort of an artist myself um I'm excited for his particular talk or his panel uh so Patrick let me ask you who uh what guests are you particularly excited for during this event
2: well, at the risk of sounding predictable, I'd definitely say Shusuke Kaneko is the uh, one I'm particularly interested in. Namely, because w- what we're hoping to do with interviewing him is we're try- we're hoping to uh, approach uh, his interview in kind of a different way than what's what's normally done. We're hoping to avoid the usual. Were you a fan of Gamera when you were a kid before you made the Gase the Hayate right, trilogies? Yeah. Uh, how did you get the job of making GMK? How did wh- how did Mothra and King Gator get replaced? But how did they replace a varon and angus like you know everybody already knows the answer to those questions and we're, and we're hoping to uh, avoid the predictable stuff um and what uh what steve has talked about um in a promo video we made uh for our channel a couple uh days or weeks ago whatever it was is that we're hoping to explore the political nature and the thematic nature of his films like you know sure. like the, the messages that he's trying to get across in his films like especially in gmk um mm-hmm. because that kind of thing is um because you know, GMK is oftentimes talked about as you know this high point of the Millennium series, which it certainly is. I think um, right. people talk about it in terms of having like, you no, know, it's special effects and the evil, scary Godzilla and such. But um, there's a lot more going on in that film besides just you know special effects and uh, an evil Godzilla. There's uh, lots of very interesting observations about Japan in the early 20th century that are that's uh, um, being talked about and commented on in that film. And yeah. we're looking, f- and I'm really looking forward to uh, hopefully getting, uh, you know, picking Kaneko's brain about those kind of things and getting him to talk about sure. it. Um, aside from that, somebody who I'm interested in, uh, in a, uh, another guest I'm interested in, um, ver- or particularly interested in hearing is uh, Ed Gacheceski. He's going to be sure. doing a couple of panels, and one of which is a panel on Godzilla versus yeah. Biollante, because yeah. as, as a lot of people know, he 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 actually recorded a commentary track for the Echo Bridge release of that film which due to uh, a large complicated reason was never actually put before the public. Um, and you can, you can Google that if you don't know what the reason for that is. Um, but uh, so that track, so, that, so he recorded a full on commentary track, did a lot of research, knows a lot about the film. And unfortunately that commentary track was never released. And Ed is not, you know, legally able to just, you know, put it out there before the public. So it's kind of like, you know, sitting somewhere collecting dust. But but this uh, this panel he's going to be doing. He's going to do a full on um, lecture about the film. And so this is this is probably like you know the next best thing to learn about, next best way to learn about Godzilla versus Bielante, because here's the guy who knows a lot about the film, did a lot of research, and he's going to. And even though he can't re- release what he previously did a couple of years ago, he's going to do the next best thing by sharing information about the film in the form of a lecture. And I'm very excited for that. Bielante is one of my favorite Godzilla films. And Ed is somebody who I also have tremendous uh, amount of respect for, so I'm very looking, very much looking forward to uh, his panel on Godzilla versus Biollante.
0: I have fallen sort of out of love with Violante uh, over the years. Uh, I recently watched it again, maybe a couple weeks, a couple weekends ago, and it sort of reignited my my appreciation for that film. Just the the way the characters, the way it's shot. Just uh, of course the Godzilla, the the updated Godzilla suit that we would see you know throughout the throughout the majority of the Heisei era, with some tweaks. Of course, uh, it's actually my favorite as far as Godzilla designs go. You know, it's it, to me, it's my fa- It's my fa- it's one of my favorites and probably the most iconic in terms of that is the first image that pops up into my brain and a lot of other folks' brains when they say when you say the word godzilla so how are these how are these conversations going to be structured are they going to be sort of one-on-one interviews panels are they going to be a little bit of a mix of both
1: i think you're going to see a lot of moderation so kind of a, an interview or someone asking a question and in some back and forth um, sure. and and that's going to be kind of i think the the format throughout most there is a, there is plans to have a and A session for some of the panels where possible. It sort of depends. Like you know, when you get two guys like Carlos, uh, Carlos Huante and Ricardo Delgado, who are going to be talking about the unmade nineteen ninety four Godzilla film, and actually Keith Aiken is going to be moderating that. Like I imagine that for their panel, they may not have time to get to Q and A. But like for our panel, for the panel that I'm doing, which is um, with Kyle Bird, John Lemay, and uh, Kevin Dierendorf, we're going to be talking about the making of Godzilla versus Destroya. And we'll probably have some time at the end for like a QA. So we hope to have both very guided conversation and dialogue, but also be able to engage the audience through YouTube, which this is everything is broadcast over YouTube. We have a YouTube channel under Kaiju Masterclass. Mm-hmm. So when people post comments, we'll have somebody actually moderating the comments and trying to be able to pick out some of the better questions that come through and to respond to those. Now, we can't promise that for everybody, but that's something that we aim to do because we do want to engage the audience out there as if they were sitting at G-Fest or at a convention watching these panels unfold in person because usually those have a you know um, semblance of, of interaction between the uh, panelees and the, the audience.
0: Right, now that was, I was, I was sitting here, I was wondering like how you guys were going to do like community involvement. Like if you were going to do Q and a and if you're going to be answering questions or if it was just going to be sort of a, just a straight panel um, panel discussion. So
1: that, that's, yeah,
0: that's super interesting.
1: Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a mixture. And one of the other things that we're trying to, to get off the ground is as far as community engagement, a lot of the, the people that go to these conventions and who are dealers and artists and vendors and things, Like they've lost all that revenue for the year. And so we are offering both Kaiju Masterclasses free and open to the public, but also dealers and vendors and artists are able to actually post. We have a Kaiju Masterclass vendor marketplace on Facebook that just got set up. Um, We're going to be advertising people on our website and on our social media accounts to the best of our ability through Facebook and Twitter so that Mm -hmm. we can actually put out... um, The people that would go to G-Fest and be selling all their toys can now hopefully make some of that same revenue through kaiju masterclass and again that's free to them we are putting sure. this entire event on on our own dime so everything that we you know, we're basically paying everything out of pocket and we're trying to I, I think the the coolest thing about this whole process for me is that it is really a way to give back to the community but also put on a really awesome convention and make it free to everybody and that's something that like i'm extremely proud of
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a virtual. You guys are gonna be having like a virtual dealer's room,
1: pretty much. That is correct. Yeah, that is the goal. I don't. I don't know. Now listen, full disclosure. I don't know how well that's gonna work, right? Because it's our first time doing it. But we are. We are. We are trying. Like we are definitely trying to get that out there, and we're gonna have. It. We actually have. If you go to our website, we do have the vendors page up, and we'll be adding to it throughout the week. Um, as of this recording, we're what a week and a half away from the event, so we're we're trying to get all that put together. So I, I expect sure. you know, like anything else. I don't expect this to be perfect. I expect some snafus, but we're definitely going to do our damnedest to to put on a good show and to be um, as engaging as we can be, both to the fan base out there and also to the guests.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, for sure. And um, you know, no no new adventure is without its takeups, right? Because this mm-hmm. is because you know the whole online conference, the whole on- online con. Is still a fairly new concept. Like it came in the way it came because of a need and the need came because of COVID. So, you know, what, what I've seen from you guys so far and what, and the, just what you've been able to put together so far, I'm super excited. And I think that, you know, this being the first masterclass event, I think people are going to be a little bit more forgiving if there are some hiccups,
1: right? And let's hope so. Uh, yeah. We yeah. Did. I think i think i'm just gonna say we listen please forgive us in advance all right yeah. if you've ever if you have ever met me you know like they're gonna screw it up like something's gonna happen but <laughs> you know what i i accept that going in and so like when it whenever it does happen i'm gonna be like you know what let's just let's just roll with the punches yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: for sure uh patrick are you are you going to be a part of any uh, panels yeah. or uh, key discussions during the event?
2: Yes, I will be. I'll be in- actually, I'll be involved in uh, two panels. Uh, the first of which is a panel on the composer Akira Ifukube. Eric Kamenek will be joining me for that, and sure. it's going to be kind of a, a unique, uh, kind of a unique and sort of different approach to uh, Akira Ifukube. We're not going to be just doing a, we're not going to be doing a talk about you know all the Godzilla films he did, or just like a, a course history throughout his biography or not. What we're going to be doing is actually, we're going to examine. Um, three films that he scored in the early to mid 1950s. The first mm. of which is Children of Hiroshima from 52, Hiroshima from 53, and the, fi- and the third and final film is the original Godzilla. And these are three. Okay. These are three films that he made immediately after the occupation of Japan was over, and the subject of the atomic bomb was essentially you know, free territory as far as filmmakers in Japan were concerned. Um, and and these are also certainly you know of the. Atomic bomb films that were made in the immediate post war occupation era. I'm sorry, mm. immediate post occupation era. These are by far the three films that have endured over the years the most, that are still talked about the most, written about the most, whereas many of the others have been long since forgotten. And are mm. and many of which are not even commercially available in this day and age. Sure. But you know, these but you know, children of Hiroshima is out there. Uh, Hiroshima recently got put out on Blu-ray by um Aero Video, I think. You know, and of course, Godzilla needs no introduction. And just the interesting fact that Akira Ifukube did the music for all three of them is that's kind of like, you know, that's just kind of like one of those interesting coincidences. It was certainly not intended that these three films would be, you know, above all the others, you know, the ones that endured. But the fact that they were and the fact that Ifukube did the music for all three of them is just a very interesting, you know, historical point. And what's also interesting is that the three films each deal with the topic of the bomb and post-war Japan in very different kind of ways. And so what we're going to do is we're going to examine those three films and and also the music that Ifukube wrote for them and dissect them and analyze them and hopefully um, uh, allow people to uh, think about the films and the music in particular in a new kind of way. Um, You know, One thing that I've always tried to do in my writing is always to try to create a little bit of interest, even if just a slight little variation, create new interest in music, in a in a interest in what these people have done outside of Godzilla, and this is an opportunity to do that, you know. And, and the fact that you know there that there is Ifukube and the original Godzilla as a starting point for this panel, um, I'm sorry, the uh, for the, the what draws people to this panel, and then okay. it allows us to delve into what Ifukube a little bit of what Ifukube did outside of it is you know a good way to. Um, to deal to do that, and also make people hopefully make people think about the original Godzilla and other films in a new light. Um, and the second panel that I'm going to be doing is a panel on the director Jun Fukuda, who you know Godzilla fans know for making *Verse the Sea Monster*, *Son of Godzilla*, a number of the '70s films. Um, and joining me on that panel will be uh, Steve Rifle and Stuart the IV. You know, those two famously did a commentary track for the um, Media Blasters release of Godzilla vs. Megalon, which unfortunately, because of other legal complications, <laughs> was, was, was yet was yanked off of the market. Although it is out there if you know where to look. Um, right. But these two, did, these two did this, this uh, amazingly detailed commentary about Megalon, and also, and it was also their commentary had a lot to do with a with, uh, June Fukuda himself and Stewart. Unlike a lot, unlike a lot of us, and this is. What was uh, very interesting is that he actually knew Jun Fukuda. You know, he met him and interviewed him in the '90s. And so, what we're going to be doing is we're going to um, look through Jun Fukuda's career, talk about films he made besides just his sci-fi films, you mm-hmm. know, and delve into what delve into his work and his life, and have Stuart you know, hope and have Stuart, uh, share some anecdotes about meeting him and so on and so forth. Hopefully, also create some interest in his non-genre works, some of which are actually pretty available even in the United States and what i'm what i'm particularly looking forward to is that uh cuz you know Jun Fukuda over the years has been kind of neglected especially when compared to honda you know kind of kind of thought of a, as a lesser director than honda i would say in some circles but i i personally am very very fond of his movies and yeah, he sure. he's actually and he's actually you know as far as godzilla directors go he's certainly in the top 5 as far as i'm concerned and I'm, and I and I'm hoping you know if we are successful, we we could create you know some new um, levels of appreciation for this wonderful and very overlooked director, you know who throughout his own life was very harsh in his own work, but toward the end of his life started to become a little more open to the fact that you know his films did have a major impact on people across the world, and that they're still endured and talked about today is very is very telling about you know the quality of his work, even if he's not as you know talked about as say Ishirō Honda, but but yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to both of those panels because it allow it will allow me a window to um, talk about these films in a way that's not done very often, and hopefully create some new levels of interest for what these artists have done outside of just Godzilla.
0: Yeah, yeah, I really enjoy Jun Fukuda's work. Like he, you know, like we touched, we talked about *Evera uh, Horror of the Deep*. We talked about uh, *Son of Godzilla* and some others. But yeah, I I really think that he sort of lives in the shadow of Honda. Like, I I, I like what you said there, that he doesn't necessarily get the recognition uh, that he rightfully deserves. Mm -hmm. Uh, So aside from those, are there any other, like, really standout panels that you guys are, that you guys are either, that you guys are know are happening that you really want people to know about?
1: I think, I I mean, I don't know that, This is a stand-up panel, per se. I have one that I'm doing uh, on Expo 70 and how that impacted various kaiju productions and media. So like, if you don't know what the World Expo is or the World's Fair, they had one in Japan in 1970. Of course, Gamera versus Jiger was actually shot like literally there. And Stan Hyde will be joining me because he was there in the flesh in 1970. He has pictures and different stuff. So we're gonna have first-hand knowledge of um what happened there and then kevin deerendorf will be joining us to talk about some of the other media ties that, that go into world's fair there's a really interesting history there and how it actually played out for uh some some various kaiju media and productions um and then aside from that like actually i think one of the things i'm looking forward to is learning about nick adams and henry saber through the the lens of, of their daughters it's always interesting to hear, like, I, I can't imagine what my kid's going to say about me when I pass away. <laughs> like, uh, So just, just hearing, like, what were they like in, as parents? what You know, all the different stuff that maybe we haven't heard about them. And so there's going to be a really cool interview that will be done that will talk about both of their lives from the perspective of their daughters. And just kind of hearing that through, each, uh, you know, their eyes will be very interesting. Um, mm mm-hmm. Yeah, I really
0: enjoy stuff like that. Like, I, I love sort of that behind-the-scenes, you know, I, I'm trying to think of the right word to describe it, but I like it when I can get a glimpse into the personal life of somebody I admire. Like, we, we know of these people, like, their outward-facing outward, face, they're outward facing personas, but I really like it when, especially when we can get, uh, for the, for, the, for the men and women who have passed on, we can get some of their family members to tell us, you know, what were they like, you know, as a person, not just as this director or actor or or whomever that we admire on screen. Mm. So I'm, that sounds super interesting, Matt, super interesting. Um, So I'm going to ask you go, I'm going to ask you both just something uh, a a little bit personal. Um, You know, this event is, is going to mean a lot to people. Because like I said, you know, in the in the age of COVID, um, online cons like this are becoming more often, but and they're becoming vital and they're much appreciated. So starting with uh, Patrick, you know, what does an event like this you know, mean to you as a fan?
2: Um, well, I would say for me as a fan, you know, it's just like um, it's. You know, I, I feel very, I, I feel very grateful to be involved in this kind of thing, mostly just because it's being headed by and being uh, populated by people who are passionate about this thing and about this genre and about sharing information about the movies and about the people who made them. Um, and what mm. what I I guess, what it means to me is that you know there are, there are still people out there who are interested in these films beyond just you know the merchandise value, beyond just you know the toys and the the various Blu-rays and DVDs, all which are fine. You know, that's great, obviously, and obviously we need those, but, um the fact that there's so many people who are still who want to know more about and want to share more about the the makings of the films the, pe- the stories about the people who made them you know that's what this con- this convention really means the most to me is that, that it's it's rewarding to know that there are other people who want who want to know the same kind of things i want to know about and you know as i said in, a, in another uh, interview recently you know not one person can have all the answers you know not everybody's going to know all the factoids about this little movie not everybody is going to know the answer to every single question about every single film or know what this person did in, at this film and at this point in history. But by having a large collective amount of people who are experts and people who are authoritative and who have done a lot of research and are passionate and and are willing to share, that's what makes a, a, a convention like Kaiju Masterclass, I think, very unique and very rewarding. And that's what I would say it means. The, that's That's the angle which I would say it means the most to me as a fan. Sure.
0: For sure. I mean, it's like, you know, we didn't have this. We didn't have stuff like this growing up. So for me, this is, this is, this is fantastic. Matt, uh, what do you, where, where do you sit? Where's your perspective on this?
1: I think I'm just enthralled that the, we've been able to have all the different guests who want to pour out their knowledge of the films that were made or in some cases not made. Um, and, and I think one of the things that I'm really looking forward to is that people can come to this convention and they can learn new things and you can hear different perspectives that maybe you haven't heard before and it's a, it's a chance and an opportunity to both interact through the live Q&A sessions when we can have those available but also to just sit back and like take in the knowledge that's being dumped out and learn something new and I think for me that's what I've always loved about G-Fest and the panels there is that I could go and I could learn new things about movies that I loved and for and for me, that's what this convention kind of embodies. And again, I mentioned earlier, but like really, this is a chance that, in my mind, we're able to give back to 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 a lot of different to, to all the fans and all the dealers and vendors and stuff that have like suffered through COVID. Twenty twenty sucked for so many of us. Like it, <laughs> this this is a break. This is a three day. This is a three day break from. Uh, am I allowed to swear? <laughs> I don't remember what <laughs> the it, man. Uh, this is a three-day break from the shit show that is 2020, and, and and I mean, like, and I mean that wholeheartedly. All of us have gone through different things, whether it's been right. job stuff or whatever. Like, this is a three-day break where hopefully, if you have the time, you can sit down in front of your computer, your TV, however you have it set up, and just watch through YouTube and like learn some stuff about movies you love, and maybe just like shut your brain off and take in stuff. Like that's that's what I think is really important about this event.
0: Uh, yeah I we were talking before the cast started and we were just kind of going over you know the sure the, 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 the entire cluster that is uh, 2020 and I believe that you guys and this event that, that along with you, Steve, and, and the entire team at masterclass is gonna put on for us. I think it's gonna be a real bright spot uh, not just for fans but just for film enthusiasts in general it's going to be and th- would you say that this event is going to be a really great uh jumping off point for someone who even is not a die-hard uh godzilla tokusatsu kaiju fan
1: absolutely i mean I, I think you're gonna hear from like you're gonna hear from the people that made the films or had impact on the films and if you want to just come and learn about stuff like the questions will, will be framed thoughtfully and in a way that anybody can just kind of sit back and learn stuff. So absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Like someone like my wife who I would consider a normie who's not into this stuff whatsoever can sit down and actually like can, can sit down with me and, and watch it and actually, you know, take some really substantive stuff away from it.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, fellas, where can find, where can people find more about Kaiju Masterclass?
1: So, you can go to our website of course, uh kaijumasterclass.com. We do have information about all the guests, the organizers. We're going to have our schedule posted shortly in the next couple of days. We hope to have all that stuff finalized. Um, you can look us up on on Facebook of course. We're under Kaiju Masterclass. We also have the Kaiju Masterclass vendor marketplace. Both are that you can actually join the the vendor page is a group that you can join we're on twitter at at kaiju underscore mc that's for masterclass so at kaiju mc you can email us at uh kaiju masterclass at gmail.com um those are kind of the main places people can get a hold of us we're, we're happy to answer questions we're happy to respond and interact with people um, just really looking forward to what we can do for the community, and, and just honestly, I'm looking forward to the event and, and learning what I can from all the people that are putting have put together these movies.
0: Right, and uh, we we've mentioned it a lot already. This is going to be um, an over. The, this is going to be an entirely YouTube event, correct?
1: Yep, it's going to be on YouTube, and obviously, once it's on YouTube, it's gonna the videos will all stay up there. Um, it'll be live stream, so everything that you see will more or less be in real time. I don't, I'm not aware of any that we're going to have to pre-record at this point. Um, we do have some surprises coming too. So, like our roster is not finalized. We actually have some guests that we're getting ready to announce. So, on top of everyone okay. else that we've already announced, we do have some more surprises in the works. And I also forgot to mention we are on Instagram, and that's just Kaiju underscore Masterclass. So, if you're into Instagram, you can find us there as well.
0: Now, I would. Uh I my you got my curiosity piqued. Uh, do you want to share any guests that aren't necessarily that aren't listed on the site yet, uh, just as a as a little teaser for the folks that are going to listen to this?
1: I wish I wish that I could, but I would be stabbed. Uh, Steve would stab okay. me to death. I think. <laughs> Steve, Steve and John.
0: Uh, I, I, okay. So I would kick myself if I didn't ask. So forgive me, but, uh, you, you said that we were talking about before the show started, that there are some unnamed guests. So I wanted to kind of put you guys on the spot a little bit and see if maybe we could get a little, uh, little, you know, behind the scenes of, of someone or some. Or some event or something that we've not actually that has not actually been announced yet. So well, I, I can I, I can was, give
1: you and maybe a less uh, much less interesting tidbit. I I will tell you that this convention has really come together like in the last two and a half three weeks. Like it's been like all, all the work that you do for this like pays off. Like everything almost seems to to come together at the zero hour. So like the amount of stress that convention planners are under, I can't even imagine when people are actually attending in person and money's on the line. And for us, like it's just been a whirlwind the past couple weeks, so like that's why we haven't finalized schedule, and that's why um, maybe people are asking a lot of questions. We're like, I promise we will have all the information out as soon as we like. There's gonna be a time we hit the the final button, and all the information will be out there as far as schedule and all the different guests that we haven't technically announced yet. Um, I hope we hope to have that done. I think by Thursday or Friday, I think that's the goal, and that would be. Uh, what are we recording Tonight's, what Tuesday, so I think Friday the twenty fifth or Saturday the twenty sixth. We we hope to have all that information finalized.
0: Hmm. Well, it sounds fantastic, and I know it's it's going to be October the second through the fourth. What time does it What time does it
1: start? I'm going to defer to uh Patrick because we've we've had some our that, that's part of the scheduling thing where like we have depending on some of the guests we might have to tweak our schedule some. I think the initial time is going to be what is it six o'clock, uh, Patrick.
2: Um, on Friday, on Friday, the uh, I believe our first uh, event's gonna be happening at a, at um, at 5 p.m. Pacific time, which is like you know 3 p.m. Central and like uh, 2 p.m. Eastern. I, I do believe. Um, don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> there'll, there'll be a schedule coming out pretty soon. Um, but yeah, it's gonna it's gonna start. Um, no no, no, matter, no matter where you are in the United States, it's gonna start sometime in the afternoon on Friday, the second.
0: Okay. And then, the, then, right, the, and
2: then, Saturday and Sunday will, will just be you know, jam packed with all kinds of you know, hope
0: hopefully wonderful things. Right. So I can turn on at any time during those days and just yeah. sit down and enjoy. And if, okay. and if you miss that if is. you miss
2: if you miss something like Matt said you know it's all the YouTube videos will stay up there so you can always just go back and catch one that you couldn't that if you couldn't make it you know it's it's there for you to access anytime you want it.
0: Okay. Fantastic. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, so I want to give you guys a few minutes here to do some shameless plugs for yourself. Uh, so starting with Patrick, uh, where can folks find you online? Uh, well,
2: you can find, you can find me by, uh, I, I am, I am still active on, uh, Toho kingdom. So there is a, I think there's, I think there's even like an, like an archive link where all my articles are posted. I'm not sure about that. Um. And of course, if you just Google like, you know, sci-fi.com, then Patrick Gellman after that, you know, my sci-fi articles will, uh, will turn up. Mm. Um, aside from that, I am kind of mysterious and hard to find, but uh, I'm, at, <laughs> but I'm, I'm out, I'm out there and uh, you know, my, and my, I, and my articles are uh, all, all free to read online. So it's, uh, uh, I'm, I'm,
0: hor- I'm horrible at plugging myself, but, uh, um, well, let me ask you, Patrick. Are there any articles that I can put in the show notes that are that you're particularly proud of that I can uh, show folks?
2: Uh, sure. I guess one that I'm very fond of is there's an article I did on uh, the director Takao Okawara, who uh, was most famous for directing a ma- majority of the Heisei films. I, I did an article called uh, Takao Okawara, A Career Retrospective. That was done for Toe Kingdom. Um, I also did an article for sci fi on uh, Godzilla Raids Again, which was called. Um, i'm already blanking on the title well, i think the, the was called right the end again was more than a cash grab or something to that some of that effect uh, you, you can find it on, on sci-fi but those two articles i'm very very fond of
0: okay great fantastic man and like i said i will make sure to put those in the show notes so that for people that aren't quite familiar with your work they can have a, a really fantastic point of reference oh,
1: thank you appreciate that um,
0: so matt uh where can folks find you guys online
1: So, of course, you can find us, uh, Kaiju Transmissions, we're on all of your, you know, iTunes, we're on Podbean, anywhere you get your typical podcast, you probably would be able to find us. You can also tweet at us, um, it's at KT underscore podcast, that's KT like kite, and then I actually have my personal Twitter, which is just at Matts Monsters, um, M-A-T-T-S Monsters, and then, yeah, just, uh kaijutransmissions at gmail.com if you have a question. We actually do feel like if, if people ever want to reach out to us and recommend stuff or ask us a question, we try to, to respond to those as best we can. Um, right. But, yeah, that's all. Uh, blah, 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 blah. That, that, that's where you can find us.
0: <laughs> words are hard, man. Words Dude, it are
1: is hard. it is 10.30, and I have worked like 10 hours today. So, yes, <laughs> words are hard.
0: Oh, <laughs> the words are getting stuck yeah, in your for
1: throat. throat. That is... <laughs> I see what you did there. Oh, I, oh I see that. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Oh man!
0: Oh, I love War of the Gargantuan's, but man, that scene. Okay. Um, <laughs> but guys, thank you so much for this. This has been a really pleasant conversation. I've I've enjoyed just talking with you guys and learning more about this really ambitious endeavor. That you guys have all embarked on, and I'm looking forward to you know participating in the, participating in the event and, and enjoying all of the content. So you know, on behalf of myself and everyone who will listen to this, thank you so much for for having this conversation. Oh,
2: thank well, thanks you for having, for, having thank us. You, yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you for showing interest in Kaiju Masterclass. And um, I, I, think, I think I can speak for both of us that you know it was a, it was fun to be here. And if you ever want to have either of us on again, you know it's, it, it's it'd be a pleasure.
0: Absolutely. You guys are both going to be added to my short list. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, to you, dear audio listener, thank you so much for sticking around with us for this fantastic conversation. And I want to encourage each and every one of you out there to go check out Kaiju Masterclass uh, and participate in all the things that they have going on there. So until next time, I'm Michael, the Kaiju Groupie, signing off. Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Groupie Podcast, a podcast produced and hosted by Michael Hamilton using redcircle.com. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to continue this conversation, please email me directly at kaijugroupiepod at gmail.com. Also, follow us on social media by joining the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group on Twitter at Kaiju Groupie Pod, and on Instagram at the kaiju Groupie. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you find your favorite giant monster podcasts. Also, please take a moment to rate and review the show. This will help spread the word to other Kaiju and Tokusatsu fans, and if you do, I promise I'll read your comments on the next episode. All film, audio clips, and graphics belong to their respective copyright holders with no infringement being intended or implied. So until next time, I'm Michael, the kaiju Groupie, signing off.